I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Revely, revely, dogs. Look at us now, tip to tip. This is our life. This is our passion. That's the spirit we bring to this show. I'm Luke Thomas. I'm Brian Campbell. This is Morning Combat. It's the 13th of September, 2021. It's time, ladies and gentlemen, for Morning Combat. Hello, everyone. My name is Luke Thomas. I am happy to be here. I'm from CBS Sports and Showtime. I am Sans Gatto. But the man to my, well, I guess the right of the screen, but to my left, uh, he is not, he is Con Gatto. He is also the king of Connecticut and wears the worst shirts known to man, but I love him just the same. It's my friend and yours. It's Brian Campbell. What's up, BC? Luke, 2021 is all about take, you know, putting the axe down, stop grinding, so to speak. Okay, Luke? So try, we're trying to do that here. That was Zoe the cat who made the quick appearance, but... She's a violent lover, so that ended fast. But hey, great to be back. It's Monday the 13th, which means... Your favorite kind. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which means anything can happen, Luke. So, uh, you know, as our producers will tell you, we just barely made it to the start of this show, all right? If there was chaos, I got loose push pins on the carpet. I, you know, this I could I could perish at any... I'm like Habib right before he submitted Gaethje right now, Luke, okay? You know what I mean? On the razor's edge. Uh, very quickly, before we get into all the things we hawk to our audience to purchase for us on our behalf, how was your weekend? Very quickly. It was uh, it was very nice, Luke. Thank you. Thank you. Very good. The weather, tremendous. A little bit of fall up here in the uh, New England, so it was fantastic. Thank you very much, Luke. Well, I have to tell you that my wife and I, uh, we knew that it was going to be a challenge, and we knew that it was going to be difficult, but it was even worse than we could have ever possibly imagined. We took our uh, two-and-a-half-year-old to, to the surprise party I was telling you about on Friday in New York City. Uh, we went there and then on the same day went back so we could be home for a lot of different reasons. Uh, that was very difficult. I don't recommend doing that ever. Did you um, catch the COVID, Luke, at all? I don't think I caught the COVID, but I caught the I want to jump off a bridge and die. I'm so tired of chasing my two-year-old around kind of all disease. Right. Um, that wasn't very money. So don't do that if you can at all avoid it. But uh, all right. So welcome to the show. We have a lot to get to today. We have some boxing results that you may enjoy or may not enjoy. We'll get to that. First things first, thumbs up on the video. If you are new here or you've been around for a while, just kind of you know being a taker, be a giver. Hit yeah. that subscribe button. We need givers here. Hit the subscribe button. Join us. We do three of these live shows a week, plus a ton more. And as you can see, we are all over social media with analysis, photos of our cats, and a whole lot more. Uh, we, of course, uh, talk about fights that air on Showtime. If you want to get Showtime, you certainly can. Go to Showtime.com. Get a 30-day free trial. If you like it, you can keep it. If not, you can pound sand. BC, you are the resident uh, guru, so to speak, of the merch store, which folks can find at morningcombat.store. Anything of note catch your eye today? Yeah, well, you know, we did unveil three new shirts last week that I hope people checked out and bought. Hopefully, 
uh, Krupp and RJ Grundlemaster will give us an update on that. But the big update today, Luke, is for a limited time, we have the exclusive rollout of the BC Hawaiian shirt coming to a bare chest near you. There's a little look of it on our website, morningcombat.store. Uh, you want to look just like BC. You want to wear my face all over your body. It's time to join the team, join the club of what's going on right here. So limited edition. I can't stress that enough. They will not make more. Get yours today, okay? I also, mean, God, yeah. I mean, you put BDE on there, but I just want to note that if you wear the shirt, you are guaranteed to be unfuckable. Just, just well, so that's your, clear to the your general audience. Your testosterone level will instantly rise. Instantly, mm. okay? Mm. You may ejaculate upon putting it on for the first time. Uh, and by the way, I think we have a promo code for this. Uh, Live 10 for 10% off. Now, I need the producers to tell me. I believe what they said was it's only good for literally the next two hours. It, the, I'm told it's pinned in the chat on the YouTube video. So if you're getting this on podcast, you might be boned, but you can try it out just the same. For 10% off this shirt, you can use the code LIVE10, L-I-V-E, and then the numbers 1-0. LIVE10, yeah. 10% off, live right now. Why not, right? Right? Why not? Um, and I mean, then, have, uh, I mean, Luke, look, what what would be a good reason not to put that BDE shirt on and just find out what happens, right? <laughs> I can think of a few, but listen, for the right customer, that's the perfect shirt. I want to point that out. And I then just of course, want to be say, because I'm willing to wear Joanna on my body today, do you think she's willing to wear me on hers, Luke? No. Well, definitely well not. if she's watching 10 percent off uh jj okay let's do this please we'll say we'll save you 10 percent yo you want it just for you uh all right bc and last but certainly not least i mean farthest thing from the least DraftKings mk partnership made in heaven it continues now week one is over bc i don't know if you saw the uh washington football team play the chargers losing basically i won't call it the last second but you know giving the game up basically late and then uh, a pipe burst at FedEx Field spewing, and I'm not exaggerating, raw sewage. Now, it's true that the Redskins slash Washington football team has been shitting on their fans for 20 years, but BC, this takes it to a whole new level. I really was... Did that come... I almost turned my fan card after, after 40 years uh, on this earth. Did they 42. trace that pipe back and found out it came directly from Daniel Snyder's owner, Sweet Luke? Because that would be <laughs> apropos, as they say, okay? And actually, he's like, no, no, the pipe didn't burst. That, that's the feature, not the bug. But okay, <laughs> the games continue. There is Monday Night Football tonight, by the way. Ravens taking on the Raiders. The brand new sort of new look-ish Raiders. John Gruden here finally making some moves on the roster that I think he's yes. wanted to for a long time. And of course, everybody knows BC. You can go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Place a bet of $1 on any week two game to receive $200 free bets instantly. BC, they're extending the deal. It wasn't just a week one deal. It's now yeah. a week two deal. And of course, there's other cash prizes with Daily Fantasy. And it, the new customers get put in line for a chance to win millions in prizes. I mean, look, uh, you know, we talked about the deals you could get as a first-time customer here. $200 worth of bets. For what, $1? I mean, you know, come on with that deal. And if this is not available in your state, you still have plenty of reasons to get involved in DraftKings Daily Fantasy Contest, a chance to win $1 million. So please join on what's going on with MKDT. Get a little in on that bukake, and we can really, uh, you know, compromise our integrity while consummating our relationships and uh, taking this forward. Can't wait to see where this goes, Luke. Love me some DraftKings. Thank you.
Uh, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code COMBAT. That's COMBAT with a K if you are listening to the podcast. To receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game from week two. That's promo code COMBAT this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Okay, BC, we have a lot to get to today. So without further ado, let us do it. It is time for our five topics. Let's go topic number one here. Well, it's not the prettiest of topics. It's not my favorite to discuss. I I don't even really want to lead the show with it, but we just kind of have to because it's what everyone is talking about, um, at least in the combat sports world. Evander Holyfield fought Vitor Belfort and lost inside the first round pretty pretty quickly. Fell over on a left hook that he had actually thrown. I think been knocked down, and then the ref kind of waved it. He didn't. He wasn't really looking for a whole lot there. BC, what can you say about the fight? Number one. And number two, I don't mean like what is their next fight because maybe the answer is there is none. So I'll ask it this way: Where does each of them go from here? Oh God! Hopefully home, Luke. Please go home. Sober up. Take a take a cold shower. I mean, look. You know, the the best tweet I probably could have offered was sort of like, you know, how do I wash this shit off? That's what it felt like, Luke. This was grimy for so many good reasons coming in of why you may have wanted to avoid it or just be morally you know, apprehensive toward it because Holyfield should not have been in there at age 58. And I'm not here to debate whether that stoppage was right or wrong. Like, shout out to Sam Burgos for being the only, the referee, the only adult in the room. I mean, was it a good stoppage in real boxing? Probably not. And did Holyfield maybe get more of a slip push than a, maybe, but the whole deal is here, this fight never should have happened. They never should have commissioned shopped. They never should have deceived the public on to, and to whether it's an exhibition or a pro bout. There's a lot of they shouldn't into this. And I think as we talk about the greater celebrity crossover bubble, it's one big bubble. For a while, you know, for the most part, it had been fronted by the Paul brothers and the YouTubers. But don't forget, Mike Tyson coming back was a big part of putting air in this bubble. You know... We said, could there be a debacle that blows that bubble? Could it just be a Paul brother losing? Could it just be a string of non-competitive, non-fun fights? There's a lot of ways this thing can go bad. I kind of feel like it went all bad Saturday night, meaning we got enough of a bad taste in our mouth altogether that unfortunately I think everybody in this bubble kind of has to suffer because even though, Luke, yes, we can talk now about who should fight who next, and there are some potentially interesting creative matchups and let's not you know discount at all what Anderson Silva did in the co-main event but Holyfield shouldn't have been in there it was obvious from the beginning when he couldn't even you know collect his footwork and he's fallen all over the place it was a merciful stoppage the win means next to absolutely nothing you had a bunch of inebriated folks in the ring afterwards supposedly thriller executives throwing around the ideas of 30 million like like their pockets are filled with it uh what a freaking debacle Luke and that's not even bringing to in the, the, the Trumps and Anderson Silver and all the other, you know, announcers drinking on the set. I mean, there's just like, it's the kind of thing, Luke, I feel like some of these little elements, when added to a fight that's being billed as not completely serious, can be fun or can be different or can be interesting. But when you flood the TV screen with about 16 of them, and you have legitimate health concerns, and there's seemingly no adults in that building to protect anybody, and you have moments like Belfort cutting a Make America Great Again speech as he's heading to the ring like he's 1984 pro wrestler opposite Iron Sheik, and, uh, you know, I mean, there was just enough bad taste in here, Luke, 
where I know we can make the argument, and we have at times with the Paul brothers, where this is a separate lane from boxing. There's room for it. It'll be here until it lasts. But I think I got enough of a bad taste for the whole bubble that while I respect that Showtime at least presents the Paul brothers in a legitimate sense, I'm quickly, I'm the gas station food guy, and I'm quickly losing any taste left for this type of bullshit. Why? Can you, as I wrote for CBS Sports, can you put more lipstick on a pit? Like, like, like boxing is boxing, bro. It's, 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 it's fucked up. Okay. It, I mean, we can talk about Friday night's top rate card. There's a lot of bullshit in boxing. I'm not trying to say stop this or my favorite sport's going to become, you know, the laughing stock of the land. But what we saw in Miami with Triller was just a big hot bowl of, of, of shit. And I kind of want it out of the sport now. I'm done. You know, did it take maybe the Holyfield fears and the grossness of that to push me over the edge? Maybe. Maybe that was the final straw for me personally and my taste. Maybe you or other viewers want more of this. But, Luke, I'm the guy who tolerates the pro wrestling shit in the in the gas station hot dogs more than any. And I'm like, kind of had enough with this, okay? Hey, boxing, real boxing. Let, let's, let's get our shit together. Let's not have a room open for this type of stuff anymore. Are there some matchups I could want with Anderson Silva or the Paul brothers? Again, maybe. But as I saw Saturday, Luke, like, fuck this shit. Enough of this. That was gross. And we are lucky that Holyfield walked off on his own power and had an argument for a bad stoppage because you know what could have happened if that fight kept going? Could have had a 60-year-old mm. man out cold in the center of the ring. For what? Bro, for what? Mm. You got a bunch of yeah, liars. I, you got a bunch of, of, of crooks, which is most of the people running boxing. I'm sorry. But again, Luke, have you ever seen one night where there's been this many things coming through your TV screen that are just like, oh, my God. Like, am, like, am I, mean, I like, really the, the, the part that is mostly off putting about it is not by itself. Um, that it was a borderline, if not outright MAGA rally or that a woman had to be escorted when they did a 9-11 yeah, remembrance moment of silence or that, you know, the fights were weird. Forget about the Holyfield one. Just sort of, you know, the David Hay one fighting his friend was just a sort of weird exhibition or the guys are a little bit older. Forget all that for just a second. If it was just about the fun side of it or, you know, even kind of the raunchy side of it, that would be not for everyone. But I don't know. We would be up in arms about it. It'd be a little bit skanky and you would just sort of say it is what it is. But when they use that... At least it felt like up until we discovered that the uh, that Triller had been basically lying and calling these pro uh, bouts when they turned out to be exhibitions. But when we thought that they were that, and even just putting Evander Holyfield in the ring, if you want to do raunchy, it all has to be entirely safe or in some way palatable. But when you bring in the safety concerns about having a guy who is, I think, almost 59 here in a few days, basically 60 years old, then what ends up happening is the one tries to work as a camouflage for the other. You know, President Trump was brought in, yes, to generate ratings, to generate buys for any number of different purposes, but also to move the conversation away from the fact that Evander Holyfield had absolutely zero reason to be in there. Now, to your point, um, there's a couple of pieces of silver lining here. One, Holyfield did walk out on his own power. Thank God. All right. So that's great. Number two, uh, as I heard uh, Eric Raskin argue, or, or at least, you know, sort of note, I want to borrow from him here if I can on the Showtime Boxing Podcast, you know, these were later discovered to be exhibitions. Triller couldn't even be honest with the audience, and they can say whatever they want after the fact. Look up multiple reports from Mike Coppinger, from Mark Ramundi, from, from several reporters who had noted that the top brass at Triller had told them this was a pro contest. Turned out none of that was true. But at a bare minimum, 
this won't go on Holyfield's record. Like we won't have to necessarily relive this moment when we go back and examine what it says in the Wikipedia entries for whatever that is worth. But everything else about this was beyond the pale. Dude, the, 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 listen, we'll talk about this when we get to point number two here, what we can say about Triller in general. But the reality is this. It is perfectly reasonable to not really question, but if you wanted to conclude that these are just people that don't really care about boxing, right? These are not people who are in boxing. They might like it. They might enjoy it. There might be certain favorites, and I don't know that they necessarily have it out to, like, damage it. I don't think that's that's the case. But do they love it in a way where they feel a natural responsibility in whatever role they play in the sport to not just promote it to as many people, but to take care of it? Because those are two different things. And people often conflate size with just, oh, if it's a big event, it must be a grand event. And if it's a grand event, it must be a good event. Not necessarily. And here you can see a huge, big bifurcation. Dude, in the end, they hit the parachute and they made sure these were exhibitions. And they got a referee to stop it very quickly, as he should have. I completely agree with you. But let it be known what risks they at least want to take. And at a bare minimum, even if they aren't willing to go all the way with those risks, they want to tell you that they want to go all the way with those risks for a titillation factor. Dude, these are people, in my opinion, who should not be trusted. I don't trust I mean, a they, word they know, say. I don't trust a thing that they do. Ryan Kavanaugh straight up lied to Mike Coppinger, and you can question Coppinger's reporting in this instance, although if he says he's got multiple sources, whatever, that you know they also reached out to Obama and there are negotiations about Obama calling the Teofimo card, and we all laughed on Twitter when that was you know researched and found to be completely false. It's in in this case though, Luke. In terms of the first topic here, um, it's not just a full damnation against Triller. Like, can we also just drop a giant sized doogie on the Florida State Athletic Commission? It's not that this is the sure. first time we've had a lax state commission. I mean, look, Texas has been a laughing stock of combat sports for a long ass time here. But Florida's, you know, at the moment, you know, even Las Vegas, obviously Nevada, at times has been completely ridiculous as well. And this is sort of par for the course at the highest level in fight sports. But, I mean, Florida, between this and the masks and COVID, I mean, they're literally that parent who lets, you know, high school kids come over to their house and shoot heroin. You know what I mean? Like, that that's where we're at with this. I mean, so um, this is just, uh, again, like, this could have been so much freaking worse if Holyfield got flatlined. Instead, it's a laughable stain. But, like... I mean, even to see Vitor Belfort, Luke, afterwards, not that we expect a ton from this guy, right? But to see him afterwards, like, you know, cut a promo on Jake Paul and call him <laughs> a bitch and say, Canelo, you're ducking me at 185 and dropping all these swears as his kids and wife are smiling around him like this is this great moment in his career. Just, like, just fuck off. And I, like, sit, like, this, Luke, I've had enough. I entertain this. This is like you and I having a house party and the people from across the tracks came over and we didn't want to be rude and tell them to leave, but they're stealing our bear beer and they're trying to take our ladies. And then, you know, it's like, it's like, these aren't, uh, hold on, hold on. these aren't the kids from across the tracks, BC. These are the preppy kids who came in across town. No, That's no. These are is. the guys on the motorcycle from weird science. That's basically what's happening right now, Luke. <laughs> and it's up to us. I don't know if that means you and I or us meaning regular boxing to stand up and be like, the hell out of my house okay again no one's trying to sit here and act like boxing has any type of uh reputable uh you know reputation at this point but we don't need this shit anymore i don't need this shit anymore maybe we should just stop talking about it um because it's 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 gross it's it's really gross it's it really is 
we kind of got into it, so let's just jump into point two because we we sort of bled into it already. I mean, where each guy goes from here, I'm sure Vitor will get another fight. Evander needs to stop immediately is the answer. This is this is insane. Please stop. Uh, but for point number two, they've held what? I mean, I can't quite keep track of it because they haven't held the fight with Teofimo Lopez yet, although that's coming. Uh, and they've had some Triller versus events and some concerts. But I think I've counted, BC, correct me if I'm wrong, three big boxing events, the one with Mike Tyson and the one with Jake Paul and Ben Askren, and then the one last night. Maybe I'm missing one in between. But basically, those are the three big ones. What can you say that they have done in the sport of boxing? If I may, BC, I just want to establish some context here. People need to understand what Triller is at its core. At its core, it is an app. And it's an app that's been around since about 2015 that was initially designed as like an uh, AI video editing software. But basically what it is now is a TikTok competitor. And it does have a broad amount of users, uh, relatively speaking. It has done okay. But Triller, absent everything from last weekend and everything before they even really got into the combat sports space, there were multiple reports, including a big feature from Business Insider, that had said that they had inflated uh, to a gross extent, the amount of users that they have. And in fact, I've got the report up right here, BC, if I may. Uh, let's see. And what they had said was that they had 13, uh, th this was back a few years ago, but they had 13 million monthly active users and 60 million app downloads. The Business Insider story talked to six former employees and found out they only had 2 million monthly active users and just 448,000 monthly active on Android uh, altogether. Uh, they had between one and to 2.5 million in that range relative to what they were saying. Like they had, again, allegedly, according to the report, exaggerated. They had been hit by another analytics firm. I also have that up here. Third-party mobile analytics, Aptopia, estimated that Triller had only 52 million lifetime installs, short of the 250 million that they had tried to sell to the public, <clears throat> at least tell them about it. Listen, folks. You can like this old man fighting, although to me, what Saturday sort of shows is that to get any kind of product out the door, there has to be sleight of hand and they got to cut corners. That's just the reality. They're not going to get a lot of commissions to sign on. They're not going to get a lot of fighters to do this. They have to change the rules up. It's a, it's a total mess. But more importantly, I don't know the entirety of what the truth is. Neither BC nor I are omnicompetent. But between what happened on Saturday... And then you go back to them having these multiple reports about them grossly exaggerating how well their app had done. Uh, it's a basic question, BC. Why on earth would you believe them? Why? What have they done to make you think? What have they said and then backed up in a way to make you think that this is all above board and that our concerns are alarmed? I just don't yeah. see it. They yeah. have, last thing on this, I'll pitch it right back to you. Last thing, BC, my answer to the question is, here's what they've done. I think that they had created at least one fun event, the first one. And I do think that what they were doing around was that they kind of showed that, I mean, listen, these guys, these bigger names in boxing, they need to get together. There is something missing that this hole is filling. But they have gone so far down that rabbit hole, they have gotten lost, and they're trying to bring us with them. Caution you not to do that. Yeah, that's the, that's the, the best way to say it. They went way too far. There were elements that they've done along the way that were either refreshing or interesting, like... Let's not lie. The first broadcast that you mentioned from the joyous ways in which Mike Tyson came out and kind of repaired some of the demons in his own past by getting in great shape and kind of winning a, an exhibition that was, I know it was a draw. There was a lot of shenanigans there, but that mixed with uh, the announcing that night with more Ronaldo and Israel Adesanya and Snoop Dogg. 
That was a home run. That was like, hey, look, we're doing something a little bit weird, a little bit different. And I think it bled into parts of that Jake Paul second card, Luke, where you had the the skits with Pete Davidson. You had some things. But that night, as we talked about ad nauseum, I thought it went way too far to the point where you're just shitting on real boxing. And again, if you're going to have a, a show that's anything but real boxing, then be anything but real boxing. Have... 50 Cent and Snoop and Pete Davidson as your announcers. Uh, you know, don't bring in, like, you know, they, they ran a little cl- snippet on Saturday night of some of their greatest moments, and they got Pete Davidson blowing weed smoke in Al Bernstein's face. And I'm just like, oh, man, like, <laughs> poor Al. And I'm starting to be like, poor Sean Porter, poor Ray Flores. Like, I mean, I, I don't damn anybody to cash a check in this business, Luke, okay, at all. But I feel like they have gone too far. They had some good ideas or little good moments that maybe they could have expanded upon. And, you know, you can always argue, Luke, that when you bring in fresh artists musically who are hip, it does have a chance to to bring in a different audience with the the main product you're trying to show. But they've they've gone way too far in every category to where they're turning off uh, hardcore fans. I think they got to be turning off casual fans, too. You want to put up a, a, a fun old guy fight with a rap battle? Maybe that's your lane. But you got to stay out of the real boxing lane, which is throwing a shit ton of money at Teofimo Lopez Jr. and then laughably almost being unable to put this card on. And then the egregious stuff with the super old guy fights. Luke, at the very least, as long as this bubble is going to last, and I feel, again, Saturday night was another major hit to the overall bubble, I think there's an opening here if they want to stay with it, if they say, okay, let's cut the shit. But we want to put together capable retired boxing and mixed martial arts fighters that still want to fight that we believe can go in there safely and kind of just let their hands go for a round and a half and see which one falls. Fine. I thought Anderson Silvatito, which I think we're going to get into, you know, what was fun instead of trying to bring in a Paul brother. I kind of want to see Anderson Silva against Vitor Belfort in boxing. Is it a little bit of a shit show? Yes. But like, if you want to stay in that lane, like trying to get Mike Tyson in one more fight, with somebody where it's kind of competitive and safe and fun, that's fine. But you can't be everything all at once because then you're a complete shit show. So their impact has been a disruptor, yes. Buying that purse bid for Teofimo, big disruption point. But unable to build on it. And Luke, we make jokes every week, but you know when's the 30 for 30 coming on? Where's this money coming from? Because who was that... You know, drunk stone guy who stumbled into the ring and interrupted everybody. He's like, no, I'll raise it to 30 million. Like, that's not a good look at all, Luke. So I think they got to figure out who they really are and what they're trying to do. If they want to be completely entertainment and nothing less than be that. But I'm done. I'm done here, Luke. Can we move on? I'm done. Uh, Yeah. Last thing I want to say on this, then I'm happy to go talk about Anderson Silva, which is a very, very bright spot on this card. Last thing I'll say is, you know, you hear how the way that this is all marketed and it's sort of unique to Triller. It's less about the boxing event, which is that they want to do boxing and music culture and internet culture and, you know, influencer culture. The sort of melding of all of these different cultural forces all in one. Dude, that's, I mean, it doesn't work, number one. And number two, like... It's just Limp Biscuit 2.0, you know? Oh, we're going to take a little bit of rap, a lot of teen angst, and a lot of, a little bit of rap, rock, and we're going to put it together, and this will be a thing that people think is really hot and cool. We're going to break just, shit. It's going to burn the fuck out. Luke, we're going to break shit. That's what we're going to do. It's really what it is. Yeah, and it's really, and I don't think they're going to break boxing, certainly. <laughs> I don't know where I'm suggesting you said that, but I just mean, like, I know it's a song reference. I'm just saying, BC, like, for me, it's like, dude, this whole thing is kind of incoherent. There are a couple of bright spots here or there 
and they just never really follow up on them. So let's not do what Triller does, and let's follow up on the good spot. Let's go to number three, if we can here, BC. Anderson Silva. I mean, what do you say about this guy? We all knew he was going to win. That part is not in any way remarkable by itself. However, the way in which he won and the ease with which this part of his career is coming to him tells me that there is something big on the horizon for him, number one. And number two, dude, nobody is shining in the post-UFC, I'm in my mid-40s, I don't know where to go, BKFC, Bellator, or whatever the hell I'm going to do, than Anderson Silva. BC, let me ask you, A, what did you make of the win, given that we knew he was probably going to win relatively easily, yeah. and B, more importantly, how, how far can this go? I think this made him the new face of this of whatever's left of this bubble, meaning the competitive part of this bubble, right? Like, say what you will about Jake Paul, but he was in competitive fights and getting knockouts and climbing the ladder, and we're sort of like, okay, we want to see how far you can take this. In that silo, not the Evander silo, Anderson just, just jumped in front of everybody, Luke, because he has the legitimate combat background, but because his skills have translated so perfectly to boxing where his footwork is legit. We all knew if this fight went more than, you know, longer than it did, he's going to mop up on Tito. Tito doesn't have hands. You know, he's washed. It is what it is. But for him to take it next level like he did, Luke, lure Tito into the corner and then leap in with sort of a check hook and complete. I mean, it was spectacular. It was another like the Chavez decision win moment where we just bow down to the legend. Talk about being able to repair the ending of a UFC career that, you know, had some dark moments with the drug testing and the injuries and the and the consecutive losses. Um, I think he's repairing a lot of that. But Luke, he's very viable, not just uh not just competition wise in this space, but I think commercially, I think he's gonna get and will deserve a end of the road pot of gold payday here. And you know what, Luke? Remember we talked about coming into this fight? He may not want to do too good because he may scare the Paul brothers away. I am more interested than anything if I have any interest left in this bubble. And I know Jake Paul is going to be on Ariel's show today to see, will the Paul brothers react to this? Will they have a legitimate interest in this fight? Because I think what we've seen so far, Anderson could have his way with both of those guys, yet that could be a very big fight because there's going to be legitimate competition in there. I mean, Jake could come out and want Tommy Fury next, and, you know, there's some fun elements to that, and that could be built up, and maybe you and I will be a part of that. But I want to see Anderson Silva now, if he wants to keep doing this, in a legitimately tough fight in boxing. Could that be Vitor Belfort? No one's talking about that for some reason. In fact, everybody's calling out Jake and Canelo, for crap's sake. That might be that. But if not, Luke, would you like the Paul, either of the Paul brothers' chances against Anderson? Because that might be the real fight to make if you want to find out how good these guys actually really are. No, I think that's a terrible fight for both of them. I mean, obviously, Jake might find ways at times to maybe, maybe, you know, slow the fight down a little bit, wrap up, not get too damaged. You know, I think there's a way for that to maybe go on for a little while. But skill for skill, no, I don't think either of them would have much of a chance. Although, depending on one's perspective, that might be the perfect reason to make the fight. I guess we'll see. I, I'm with you, too. I'm like... Yo, you know, like Vitor and Anderson, when they fought the first time, it wasn't in Brazil, but in Brazil, when Brazil was watching, that was a huge moment yes. for MMA down there. There was a ton of Brazilians, as I understand, in the audience on Florida. There's a lot of them in Florida. Florida still, you know, is a place where you can stage a lot of fights because the people who run the regulatory agencies there are, you know, 
what do you want to call them? Absentee landlords. But the point yeah. being is this, like uh, there's a lot of options there for that. But let me just say like, what is it about what Anderson is doing that is just so great? It's not that he's winning again, although that's nice. Dude, when Anderson Silva was in his prime and you and I lived through that, and of course he's not fighting the same guys, not even close. But when he was in his prime, what made him special was moments of magic. That's what it meant. And in the case of Cesar Chavez, it was this moment that you knew he was going to win. It wasn't any round per se or knockdown or anything like that. It was just sort of the accumulative effect of what he was able to do when he was kind of forgotten by a lot of people. And against Tito, that was just that was just Anderson. Dude, that was like that's what that is one of Anderson Silva's quickest knockouts on par with like Chris Lieben. I'm not saying Tito represents that. I'm just saying like the ease and the speed with which he was able to just dispatch a terribly overmatched opponent. That's Anderson Silva magic. That is what we all inhaled. That is what we lived through. That is what we lived on as fans for all that many years or media people. And we kind of were both in many of the same cases, dude, he's bringing that back and he's bringing it back in a way where you're like, wow, man, like, okay, we know, we know for a fact based on the end of that UFC run, he cannot beat top guys. It's not possible. It's not in the cards. Forget about it. But are there other people and in relatively interesting fights and in ways that can bring back safely, of course, all, all things being uh, equal in, in, in ways that they can be in combat sports, can he bring back Anderson Silva magic once more? Dude, you have every reason to believe that he could. Obviously, the devils are in the details, but this is what makes this moment in his career so great. It's a reminder of all of those moments that everyone enjoyed that made us realize this guy might be the best we've ever seen he's not the best we've ever seen right now but he is something still very special and i am so glad that he's had a chance to be on this kind of platform but to answer that question on the screen of how far should he go i don't think he should go to like real boxing like you know he no. kind of pulled a fast one getting a perfectly washed and uninterested julio cesar chavez jr and then beating him right and in like but we're not talking about him going to real boxing i'm saying in the silo He's the player right now. He's the guy. He's the boss at the end of the video game. So, Luke, I got a couple quick rapid-fire questions to wrap this up that I want you to answer for me. Can Triller, the the, the, the quickest thing they can do to repair their rep reputation right now after this past weekend, is it to grab Anderson, Vitor, JDS, any one of these guys with names who are no longer with the UFC and just focus on putting them in competitive bouts? Is that the best way to go to save this thing? I, I, I don't. I, I mean, the answer, I think, in the short run is yes, but I don't think this is long-term salvageable. Like, th their their business model can't scale. And so, as a consequence, you see them cutting corners in the way that they are. I do think it would repair a lot of the damage from Saturday, but ultimately, it makes no difference in the long term. Okay, number two. After what we saw with Vitor for that 90 seconds, whatever, Oscar De La Hoya would have gotten hurt on Saturday. And I know Vitor's manager or hmm. trainer came out and said, we believe Oscar's faking. We believe he went into the hospital and filmed a fake video. I mean, come on. I don't know about that, but are you with me? Oscar who never fought above 160 uh, and really wasn't effective at 160 uh, going up against 185 jacked up Vitor. This could have been a bad night for him, Luke. It, it's, it's so, I, you know what? I had put that out of my mind and I, I'll say this about the phony video my wife had to go to the ER this past week. She's fine. Her toenail got completely ripped off. There was blood everywhere. It was a oh. whole thing. Yeah, it was a show. She's fine. It was no, it's not a big deal. But the big deal was this was like a Monday or a Tuesday. No, it was a Tuesday because it, it was a day after Labor Day weekend. And uh, we had to go to three different ERs because they were all filled. 
I don't know how De La Hoya sneaks into a hospital, <laughs> puts yeah. on the the gown, and he's like, you know, kind of uh, agonizing over there uh, over video. I tend to think he probably had COVID. He probably had it pretty bad. That being said, that's a good point you make. I don't know. I don't know. I, I the, the problem was, you know, Vitor knew. What was the problem at 42 when he fought Larry Donald, uh, Holyfield? He didn't throw back. There was just no volume. Dude, they had to know that he was not going to throw back. So if you just blitz him in the way that you did, he was going to get overwhelmed. Would the same thing work on De La Hoya, BC? We don't know. He's 40, what, seven or something? Yeah, but, but... he's done a lot of bad things to his body over the past 20 years, Luke. He's he's an old 47, you'd have to guess. Yeah, yeah. But I, he's definitely not as washed as Holyfield, right? You agree with that? It would I don't know. It would have been interesting. I'm just think mm-hmm. Oscar may have dodged a bullet. And finally, in closing, That's fair because point. the Trump thing was a big thing, and I did watch more than half of the the commentary. So I just want to say this to people. Um, I think it was a really bad look to do a well to do this on 9/11. First of all, to do a 9/11 tribute again, like you mentioned, which has a a lady who needed to be dragged out screaming, which obviously isn't Triller's fault, but. To then throw a live microphone over the whole arena to Trump, I don't know if that's the best look, but I will say this, Luke, um, and it's maybe not, a, maybe shouldn't be a surprise because before being president, Donald Trump was a you know a celebrity who knew how to talk. I, I watched the crap out of the Celebrity Apprentice for years and was entertained. It wasn't that bad, Luke. I'm gonna give you know I'm gonna give a positive there. Todd Grisham did his best to keep the show moving, and I actually thought once Junior Dos Santos got in the booth, him and Don Senior kind of had a good rapport, and it was a lot of like. 90s boxing history a lot of incorrect facts but uh i didn't hate it luke it was a shit show full with a lot of shit i don't know if you saw the trumps at all but um it was interesting at best i'll say it wasn't a monster failure i didn't i didn't see i mean listen anything trump does is just going to be so polarizing right you're going to get all of his supporters who tell you it's the greatest thing since sliced bread and you're going to get all of his detractors who say that uh you know he's one step away from being an orangutan um, I didn't hear it. I take your word for it. You have usually a good judge of these things. If you liked it, there probably was some value to it. You know, uh, for, for the for the right kind of person, there is a good opportunity there. And by the way, I will say this. You know, I'm not one of these guys who tries to. You work in combat sports. Everyone is morally complicit in some kind of way. I mean, for us to be like, oh, everyone who took a check from Triller is a bad person. I don't think everyone who took a check from Triller is a bad person. Uh, and in fact, to that end, I think uh, uh, Todd Grisham is just a great guy. And and if you say he did a good job, then I have every reason to believe you. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll put it that way. Um, if he so last thing on this, for Anderson Silva. If it's not Jake Paul, and it's not Vitor Belfort. Do we have any idea who the hell else it could be? And if it's not Logan Paul, um, I don't know. I don't know his contract situation with Triller because if I'm looking to make the biggest fight, Luke, again, I'm, I'm taking a Paul brother putting against him, you know, on, on Showtime pay-per-view. Um, I'm not it sure. Says a lot, know, but, it, it says a lot that you didn't answer MMA in any way. Like, he seems just done with MMA, completely done. Uh, well, look, that post-fight interview was weird. And the, the announcer, I forgot her name, she made it seem like he kind of said he was going to retire. I think he just didn't understand the question spoken in broken English. I, f- I feel like there's a payday out there for him. Um, it's probably going to end up being Vitor, right? Because I don't think the Paul brothers are going to bite on this. I, I'd be surprised. I'd like, I'd, like, I'd like if they would. But if not, you've got a hungry and willing Vitor there, and you throw those guys a couple million each, Luke. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good payday. They already fought each other. They're not afraid of each other. This is a boxing match. I don't know if it sells a ton, but it would be interesting. 
Uh, last thing I'll say is you could do those Paul brother fights. You could do them. You could do them. And again, if it's Jake Paul, I think there are ways he could slow the fight down, tie up, you know, extend it longer than just being what Tito did. Tito, you know, I'll give a credit to Tito, dude. Tito went after him. And that wasn't advisable for obvious reasons. Yeah. But Tito didn't try and slow the shit down. He didn't run. He got right in Anderson Silva's face and he paid for it, but he came to he came to compete for at least well he, I mean you can argue with the strategy but he didn't he didn't uh he showed he, courage he showed he also athletic called courage. out Logan Paul after and said I lost my last fight you lost your last fight let's fight each other yeah, uh, Luke poor old Tito he got in great shape by the way he missed weight by 5 pounds they didn't mention it once on that way in broadcast uh, why would you who I mean you think anyone at Triller gives a fuck that he missed weight Okay, uh, let's let's wash ourselves clean and move on. Is there any other real sports to talk about, Luke? Yeah, there actually is. All right, so first of all, we have fights coming up this weekend. We'll get to in just a second. This is the other part, because you had a tweet that I retweeted. I think it was Saturday night. It was after Triller, but it was in reference to larger events, not just what happened on Saturday, what happened on Friday. So we've been covering this story. I don't know MMA fans are like, where's the MMA coming? There wasn't a lot of MMA to talk about over the weekend. There was a lot of boxing. I would hope people would understand that. Plus, this story is very interesting. We all knew that Oscar Valdez was going to compete against Hobson Conceição on Friday night on top rank on ESPN+. It was a fight that had been booked for a while. But what had happened was in the week or two leading up to it, he, had, we, as you may recall, had tested positive for fentramine, which was banned under the voluntary system he had been uh, using for anti-doping. But according to WBC and the larger uh, re sanctioning bodies and the commissions, they didn't really more or less care about it. They didn't think that it was a relevant thing they had to worry about for a lot of different reasons. So there's this complicated scenario, but still, he goes into this bout BC under this cloud of suspicion. He beats Kansai Sal, but here's what happens. First six rounds, he was behind, or at least, you know, the first four or five, and then the tide begins to turn, and then he kind of puts it on, uh, Conceição late and there's also a weird situation where Conceição gets a point deducted what round nine or ten for a rabbit punch that looked the lightest rabbit punch you've ever seen and then uh, Valdez hits Conceição with a rabbit punch that looks kind of hard and there's no warning or whatever e either way doesn't matter he wins so the first question I have to ask you is do you think the pressure got to him it seemed to me absolutely whatever his denial he was wearing the weight of the world in the early part of that bout. Oh, absolutely. And this, this, there was gonna, it was, it was gonna be hard for him to come out there and put on the best performance ever. You can't discount the stress he did endure. Luke, if he's completely clean, and this is all a, you know, misunderstanding slash not a big deal, which I disagree with, um, then obviously that's double the, the pressure on him mentally and, and you know, and the stress that that caused. Also, he's in there against a taller, longer opponent. An Olympic gold medalist who, you know, beat him in the amateurs who had the best performance of his career, especially through six rounds. Look, through six rounds, Conceição looked like a mixture of, like, Muhammad Ali and Guillermo Rigondeaux. I mean, he was just, like, so accurate, and he's he's putting a little sizzle on the end of every punch that he lands just to kind of sell it. But overall, Luke, I said that my tweet was this was, this was really a rough weekend for boxing. This whole thing... I mean, Saturday was a shit show, but it was a different variety of shit. What happened on Friday, like, it's really hard to digest this, okay? Let's give the, the, the few pluses, okay, here. One, a plus from Valdez to adjusting 
and changing his game plan and coming on late and having a chance to win that fight. Yeah, I'll give him credit, Luke. Not a solid performance, not great, but he did what he had to do in a rough situation. They sold a sellout crowd there of like 5,500. This was his homecoming to his, you know, adopted hometown there of Tucson. And I also want to shout out the ESPN broadcast for not only not avoiding the drug talk situation, but almost coming at both oh, the yeah. WBC. They leaned into it. And Oscar Valdez, including Tim Bradley, who, as we praised the other day, I mean, he had nothing holding him back, and I love and respect that. Shout out to uh, also uh, uh, Bernardo Asuna for filling in for Joe Tess and holding that broadcast down in that regard. And but also, overall, BC, Luke, just to interject very quickly, and I'll give it right back. The guy who did the ring interviews with Mark the older Rieger. gentleman with the with the beard, dude, yeah, he Rieger. asked questions to Valdez right to his face about this stuff, and they yes. didn't hide from it at all. He deserves credit as well. So that's that's up front again, very good. But overall, Luke, like, this is another one of those kick to the balls of boxing. Should this fight have gone on? We argued no. Then you get into that fight, as you mentioned. Can say Sal's point that was taken away with no freaking warning was a two taps to the back of the head off the break as the ref is breaking them apart. He tapped Valdez on the back twice and then tapped him to the back of the head. Should he have been warned? Yes. You don't have to run with rabbit punches. You don't hit on the break, but he's tapping. Ref takes away a point, and to your point, Valdez wound up and landed a full flush right hand to the back of the head and got a soft warning for it. So you're already dealing in a fighter's hometown, in a fight that maybe shouldn't have went on, and then the reason why Kinsaysaw doesn't have a big argument to complain about the scorecards is because he faded in the second half. He faded pretty badly. He was doing way too much running and celebrating than he was fighting. And again, Valdez made the move. But Luke, I watched this fight a second time to score it closer and also to write down the potential swing rounds to really get a feel of what the score should have been. You know what I settled upon? My final mm. score is a draw, six rounds to six, but because of the crap point being taken away, it would have been a Valdez win. Or I'm completely fine with Valdez seven rounds to five, which is 115-112 with the point deduction. Yet Valdez won two cards seven to five. And then, of course, because this is boxing, a complete mailed-in hometown scorecard of nine rounds right. to three. Right. So if you're Kinsaysaw, Luke... Again, there's things to criticize about how he was a superstar in the first six rounds and then, you know, less than average in the second half. But this is the biggest fight of his life, and the kid went for it. He had no chance. He had no chance under the setup, under the rules, state commission, WBC, all that bullshit. When you add all of that up, man, and then you add on Saturday night, we can't get it right in this sport. You don't have to tell me the sins of boxing. I'm part of the family. No one knows it more than me. But, like, I can't avoid being upset about it every single time. And you know what this also clouded, Luke? This was a pretty fun fight. It was a chess match. Valdez mm. made adjustments. He came back. Conceição was putting it on him in the first half. In fact, the final CompuBox stats, which don't always tell the full story, Conceição landed him by, like, 40 or 50 punches. Did he deserve to lose? If you were watching closely again, it could be 7-5 Valdez. He came on good in the second half. But there's too many bad parts about this broadcast not to shit on it. And if I can put one more droplet of poop there, Luke, the trainer and manager, Eddie Reynoso, who also, of course, runs Team Canelo, refused to do any media, including with ESPN cameras, the entire fight week. So I'm glad that when they cut to the corner audio after round one, Uso, uh, Bernardo Osuna put it in there and, and put his finger in the sore a little bit and said, and here's the first time we'll hear from Eddie Reynoso all week. That's hmm. bullshit. Stand up and, t and, and take accountability and get in front of the microphone. I do nothing on this show but praise Team Canelo because Eddie's an incredible trainer and Canelo is doing mostly all things right here in boxing. 
Luke, this Friday night was it was tough to take, and then you had that that co-main event where the 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 kids trainer yeah, and father. Let, let me but, get to that because that was the one that bothered me. It was the whole night, and also you know we, I asked you like, do you think Valdez was feeling it? There's no doubt he was feeling it because Canelo was there in attendance to provide all kinds of moral support, yelling at him. I mean, obviously they're stablemates and friends or whatever, but you know he showed up in a very public, prominent way. To put sort of you know put his hand so to speak uh, on the back of Oscar Valdez, but you noted that there was a fight between Flores and Flores Jr. and Lopez. I forget their first names, but it was that co-main event. It was a ten rounder, and basically what you found was that Lopez was getting the better of the younger kid in Flores Jr. But Flores Jr. His corner man was his dad, and he was getting tuned like a guitar. Okay, to the point where after the ninth round, even before that. They were just saying, we're going to pull it, we're going to pull it. you got to show me something, show me something. And he sort of stood on his feet and said, I'm going to keep going. They absolutely should have called the fight there. Timothy Bradley was incensed. The referee didn't step in either. And then here is the really tragic part about it. Flores Jr., as you can well imagine, like goes out like a man uh, that he is, even though he's a young man, takes another savage beating, although Lopez took a little bit off the gas in the 10th round. But it was bad enough where with about 10 seconds left, Hit Flores Jr.'s corner, his dad throws the towel. Okay, well, you wait until there's 10 seconds, but at least something. But he doesn't do it where the referee can even see it, so the referee doesn't see it, and the beating just goes the final to the bell. It was a fucking mess. It, the whole thing was a mess. And I don't blame the referee per se, although he should have stopped the fight. I do, I do believe that, but I don't blame him per se for not seeing the, the towel. He was sort of focused on this guy getting uh, beaten. But, dude... It, it, this was not boxing at its best. And I should no. point out that as much as we kill Triller on the show for all their missteps, BC, even the people who claim to get it right, to do it the right way, we're, we're going to have a show with actual referees and young fighters, and we're going to have a, you know in shape and proper weigh-ins and blah, blah, blah. Even they allowed this sort of situation to take place, both in the co-main event where the officiating was terrible, the corner advice failed the young man, and then in the main event, should the fight have even happened, it took place, as you pointed out, one of the judges absolutely mailed it in. Conceição never had a shot. The people who claim to do boxing the right way, they also don't do boxing the right way. Not the same as Triller, but to be all high and mighty if you're in that camp, they they should have a long look in the mirror too. And look, if you're one of our many MMA fans who hate when we talk about anything boxing or Paul Brothers, and you're like, "Hey guys, you're almost an hour into the show. I haven't heard a, a second of MMA talk." I get it when we spend this much time essentially shitting on boxing. Now you know, again, I know the sins of the sport, but I can also come out and be Paulie Malinaji after the Juan Diaz fight and say, "Quote." Boxing is full of shit. I used to love this sport. I mean, that's one of my favorite quotes ever because this stuff happens. It's just, there's a lot of stuff happening. We got commission problems, too many belts, judging, refereeing, everything. Again, shout out to ESPN at least for, for Mark Kriegel for getting in there and asking questions to the, the fighter, Gabriel Forrest Jr. that you mentioned, putting his dad on the spot. Although his dad basically blamed his son for not listening to him. But um, Luke, you're not going to see... 51 minutes of, of MK opening with boxing anymore if it's going to keep going this direction. This has been a really bad year for the sport, mostly due to so many good scheduled fights falling apart. But when you mix it with all the other bullshit and the fighters not willing to fight each other at the highest level in certain instances, um, you know, I'm not going to be here to write the... I'm not going to be like that LA Times columnist. You know that guy, Luke, who every two months he writes Boxing's Dead? Right? Every two months, right? I'm not going to be that guy. I'm just going to say, like... We gotta get our shit together all collectively here. This is this is this is not good. It's not good. With that in mind, let's close the book on boxing for the day, BC. But we still have a topic to get to, which is what are your favorite fights 
coming up this weekend. It could be boxing if you want, but there are some MMA fights this weekend that are worth paying attention to. And as the week progresses, we will lean into them. First and foremost, Friday night on Showtime on Bellator, Yoel Romero is supposed to be here. The Cuban Muscle Crisis taking on Phil Davis. There's other fights that are pretty good on that card. And then also, BC, you have the UFC card that's going to have Anthony Smith taking on Ryan Spann. I'll give you the floor first. Fight you're looking forward to most this weekend. Yeah, look, it's it's not a great weekend for fights. Boxing's pretty much dead, and maybe that's a good thing coming off of this weekend. And as you mentioned, they're outside of that main event of the Bellator card. I mean, I know you love yourself some Anthony Smith, and I'm not going to try to make you get off of the things you love, Luke, so maybe I'll leave that fight for you. But that ain't a main event where I come from. I am, though, very interested in seeing this Yoel Romero fight. So I'll take the, the, the fattest apple hanging low off the tree here. Um, of course, we want to see Romero against Rumble. This is a big signing for Bellator. The eye injury delayed that. There's a lot of questions right here with not only Romero moving up in weight, but the time off, the age is always going to be a question in terms of when will he stop being this freak superhero alien and actually be a 44-year-old guy, right? Well, I don't know. I think, though, Luke, what's most interesting about this is Phil Davis is nobody's walkover, even though he's in his late 30s. He is still as tough of an out, a technical striker who can wrestle you, that this is going to be a great test of what's left in the tank for UL. Because if there's a good amount left, Luke, there are big, spectacular, fun fights you can make under the Bellator banner that I hope we do with Yoel across, really, to be honest, a couple different divisions should he want to. But the worst thing that could happen is him come out and not let his hands go and maybe potentially lose a a, a technical, you know, outs, on the outside boxing match that could be akin to Romero's fight without Asanya. As long as we don't go down that road, we could be in the in the fun business here under the Bellator banner with Yoel. Uh, if he comes out there and can win and uh, you know finish Phil Davis, which no one does, obviously there's much bigger things available to him, like a world title after this Grand Prix and all that. But I think, Luke, to find out what his identity will be at this weight class is what I'm most looking forward to. I think there's enough reason where you have people saying, stop calling him a wrestler. I know he's got those wrestling skills, but he don't wrestle like this at the highest level. Will he need to at light heavyweight? I don't know, Luke. Is he going to come out there and just be a slick boxer? I'd love to see him come out there and be the explosive destroyer that we know him to be. But nobody looks great against Phil Davis. So I think there's an interesting level of theater here coming up on this Saturday night Bellator card on Showtime that uh, you got to be there. You got to you, you got to see what happens next. Yeah, sorry. I, I had stated it was on Friday. Let me correct the record. It is on Saturday the 18th at the SAP Center uh, in San Jose, California. A couple of things I would say. Uh, one, dude, Joel Romero hasn't won a fight since 2018 and hasn't competed since March 7th of 2020, just before the pandemic really kicked into full uh, gear here in the United States. So we haven't really seen him in quite some time, and obviously he is not a spring chicken, so there's some questions there. BC, let me pitch it back to you one way before I say what fight I'm looking forward to most, which is that I have seen a criticism, and I don't think it's necessarily misplaced, that yes, you've got Phil Davis, high-level light heavyweight, you've got Yoel Romero, high-level light heavyweight, and for one reason or another, both are no longer in the tournament, although who knows, they could be reinserted at some point if there's an injury or whatever. Um, and uh, so they, th it makes sense to put them together. On the other hand, you know, if it's Yoel Romero's first fight at 205, the tournament has moved on, why give him a fighter who, I'm not going to call Phil Davis boring, but what I am going to say is he is a very careful manager of risk and exchanges, 
And that isn't necessarily an ingredient for star making. It isn't an ingredient for thrilling action. There's a lot of ways in which this could go wrong. Did Bellator get the wrong opponent for this first fight at 205 for Yoel Romero? I think that's a very fair question. I'm glad that you posed it because it's it, it, it emphasizes some of the fears that I just mentioned, that nobody dominates Phil Davis, nobody controls him. In fact, if you're going to beat him... You're going to have to be very technical. You're going to have to be what Ryan Bader did in one of the worst fights we ever saw at Bellator NYC. You're going to have to be like Davis's last bout, Luke, when he went in there against Nemkov for the title in their rematch, and both of their fights were were decisions. And, and I thought Davis fought a lot better in the first one, but he wasn't manhandled in the second because he's hard to do that against. Despite his late age, he's got the length. He understand, like He's a very smart fighter. I think Phil Davis has been his own worst enemy at times for not being willing to step on that gas pedal. But yeah, again, there's a potential to see Romero Adesanya all over again. Luke, that would not be good in terms of Bellator trying to make noise. Signing Yoel Romero was a make noise, bang the drum. We've got this really exciting guy that you love. I just wonder what would have happened. Luke, nobody wants to hear me say this. But I did score Romero 3-2 to two over Adesanya. Our boy Izzy left that back door open and took a huge gamble, doing just enough. What would the world have looked like if Romero had won that? Luke, we would have gone right into the pandemic. Who knows if they would have rematched right away. But here we are all this time later, and um, should they have given him a, a schlub? He could go in there and knock out? You could argue that, Luke. But I don't know if it would have been as exciting to me coming in to see what's going to happen next. And I and I think that excitement is is really what's driving me this week. I want to see if he can compete at the title level, because if he can, and if he beats Phil Davis, he'll prove it. But if not, look, he's just going to be an attraction who you hope can knock people out. Uh, also on that card, Neiman Gracie is back in your co-main event excuse me, against Mark Leminger. Also, BC Columbia in the house. Alejandra Laura Asul is taking on Deanna Bennett, longtime MMA pioneer. Laura, for folks who may not know, uh, actually is from Columbia, but lives in Mexico, trains at the same gym as, you know, uh, Irene Aldana and uh, all of the sort of women Alexa you know from... Alexa Grasso, Luke. Alexa Grasso. All of them from that same gym. So it was a smart move. She's been there for a few years at this point, but smart move for her to go over there. So you can look at those two, Georgie Karakanian taking on Saul Rogers on the card. BC, for me, I'm going to go to the UFC card. Obviously, in your main event, Anthony Smith taking on Ryan Spann. Anthony Smith looked good in uh, his last fight, beating Jimmy Crute. Before that, Devin Clark is in a two-fight win streak. Ryan Spann kind of stumbled against Johnny Walker, but against Misha Serkinov, got the job done pretty quickly. Also got a performance of the night bonus. To me, Smith is the much more polished of the two. I think Spann is probably more of a physical powerhouse uh, and is well-trained under Saif Saud. Um, he's a guy who knows how to bring out the best of the people who come through his door. But Spann you know, kind of gave away that Johnny Walker fight, dropping him twice and then going for the takedown when he didn't really need to, and then just getting hammer-fisted into a stoppage. It was a weird contest. So the guy's got a lot of ability but has some things to clean up with the management of what strategies he uses. I like that. Plus, uh, violence queen Ariana Lipsky is back. But the big one for me, BC, aside from that main event, the guy I've got my eye on, someone was asking me the other day, you know, name top five prospects that are maybe ranked or just outside the rankings that you think in five years are going to be a completely different position. And by that, I mean a superior one. And one guy on my list is Armin Saryukian. Armin Saryukian is a very, very talented guy. He gave Makachev a bit of a rough time. He lost the bout. It was, he was overmatched when he, when he fought him. But he has been a bit of a bulldozer. He hasn't been in the octagon since, let's see, January of this year when he ran over Matt Frivola. He beat Davi Hamosh as well. Needs to work on 
finishing fights, getting closer to a stoppage. But in terms of wrestling control, gas tank, pursuit of positions, always working, he is very, very good. I got my eye on him as well. Joaquin Buckley and Impa Kasangane in separate bouts on this card. Luke, just run them back together. Let's see some more spinny shit, right? And also, uh, Panny Kianzad, one of the most improved fighters on the entire UFC roster, taking on Raquel Pennington on the prelims there for UFC. So another one to kind of pay attention really? to. Rocky yeah. Pennington back deep, buried deep on there? Yeah, that's what oh, I said. Wow, too. I you know what? She that. might be at the end of her contract. Who knows? Hey, Luke, you did um, dust over quickly that this ain't a great main event. It's not that Anthony Smith and Ryan Spann doesn't such, have potential. No, dude, you are a perpetual critic it's not that it doesn't have the potential for fireworks but when it's not a great card to begin with and it's an in-between fight night i get that but this ain't a main event i'm clamoring to see luke okay fair enough but let me read you this this came from uh, a writer from bloody elbow trent rainsmith who writes of anthony smith's last 10 fights eight have been against either ufc champions former ufc champions or ufc title challengers in that span he went four and four now, does that tell you he's the world's best fighter? No, it doesn't necessarily say he's the world's best fighter. But it says he's fucking good. He is a very, very good fighter. And he is, in my judgment, worthy of much more respect than he receives. Yeah, but Luke, this is just not, it's not like a main event worthy fight. I, think, I just want you to admit that. I just want you to admit that this is a disappointing main event. Uh, I, I don't know that it's the best main event I've ever seen for the UFC. Oh, that's, yeah, sure. that is so Switzerland. You 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 scared mother effort. Just well, hold say on. Let's it, see. Luke, well, okay? hold on. I can just sort of. I usually I can tell you this by virtue of the rankings. So where do they sit in the rankings? Anthony Smith. I don't need at, scientific data on, to tell on, you that this on, is not a good main event, Luke. All right? I, fine. Anthony Smith sitting at six. Ryan Span sitting at eleven. Smith to me is must see. Span is still very much unproven. So in that sense, I don't think it's got a lot of sizzle per se, but. A very good test for Anthony Smith, I think. I don't know if Smith is must-see, Luke. Like, I will see if there, if he's the B-side <laughs> to a good fight, but... You know, That's fine. Uh, you don't have to like, you don't have I mean, to like you know. everything. That's okay. That's all right. I try to help. You know, what can I do? I mean, Iwana's right. must-see, Luke. Here's a fighter who's must-see. Who? You, you want a champion? For some. I mean, for can some. we get back in there, JJ, please? Please? Uh, all right. With that out of the way, it's time now for our... Next segment, DMs from dogs. This is where you jabronis ask us a question and we answer it, allegedly. All right, I think this comes to us from our friend over at the Mac Life, one of the hardest working guys in MMA media, Oscar S. Willis. Yes. Asks, hi guys, I showered for six hours after watching the Triller show, yet I don't feel clean. What's my next step? Uh, Luke, you got any of that carbonic acid left that you're always talking yeah. about, Luke? I know. Yeah, I, maybe maybe instead of showering with water, just use bleach. I don't know. I really, I can't. Uh, I'm not. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I mean, look, I don't mean to like. I don't mean to belabor this because I didn't love Floyd and Logan. Okay, sucked. But there's almost an irresponsible level of suck. It's gross. I don't want it. I don't. Okay, no more. No more. No more. Dude, for real, just here's what I would say. Like, if you watched it, you know, it's the it's 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 Ace Ventura, you know, with the plunger in his mouth afterwards kind <laughs> it's, of thing. It's right? Ace Ventura's ass cheeks look talking, right? Yes. It's his sphincter. Just yes. Let me ask you a question. This is There's fucking thriller. Really except, 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 you know, for folks out there, just 
next time someone's like, dude, they're revolutionizing boxing, just tell them to shut the fuck up, please. Just do me a solid. All right. Uh, from at Greg Leach 99. Judging by how good Anderson Silva has looked in his recent boxing outings, kind of went over this a little bit. How successful of a career do you think he could have had? No, we didn't go over this boxing at all. all along. It's a little bit different. And let me just say, BC, for the folks who may not have seen it, Devin Haney, one of boxing's young, bright stars, tweeted on Saturday uh, that Anderson Silva may have should have considered doing boxing all along, given how well he's doing now in this sort of like moment he's in. What do you think? Uh, would he have had the same level of success he had in UFC? No, no, not the same. But he he's showing you... To have this level of speed and reflexes, again, against this level of competition, but to still have this at 46 and to make the transition in footwork so easily. Obviously, he had two pro fights before this, one in 98, one in 2005. But to do that that easily, Luke, and to look back at his biggest UFC moments and just see, as you mentioned, the magic, the ability to rise above and almost be a freaking alien in there yeah he would have had some kind of success in boxing he's showing you that he has the size understanding of distance movement reflex just sick all-time great level reflexes like roy jones level reflexes i think he could have been a boxing world champion yes could he have been one of the go you know the greatest of his era i'm not sure because let's not forget that you're doing that in mma especially you know, 10, 15 years ago against people who just don't have the same level of, of, of preparation and experience with, with the hands. But clearly, Luke, if he had made a career out of this, he's world champion level. There's no question. I mean, he's a special athlete, and, uh, you know, he, he's a freak. He's a freak. Dude, I mean, yes. obviously there are different situations, and they're fighting different kinds of guys in different weight classes. But, like, if there's a place for Clay Collard to have a little fun in boxing – there would easily have been a place for Anderson Silva to do well. I'm with you. I don't think he would have been one of the best of all time, but a world champion in his weight class, I don't think that's out of the question. I think that's absolutely in play. And, um, you know, when you've got boxers being like, okay, I I see that this guy's got some skills. I I, I take that very seriously because you and I both lived through an era. We could have shown them the very best that MMA had to offer, and they never would have said that. And here they are just offering it up willy-nilly like it's quite obvious. And so – Tells you a lot about, dude, Anderson Silva is a fucking great ambassador for the sport. We should just say that, man. He's over there, whatever the fuck he's doing, and I don't know what's going to be next for him, but, dude, do I feel like MMA is well represented whenever he does what he does? Every time, man. Every time. Every time he does something out there, feels like it's like the one thing you can kind of trust. Silva may win or lose, depending on what happens or how long he does this, and maybe we'll have to change that if he keeps going too long, but for now... He's a great ambassador for Look, MMA, and I'm very it, proud. It, in light of the reactions to his win over Chavez and, and this one, who do you think, what's the current power power rankings, pound-for-pound pound rankings on most beloved MMA fighters of all time? Do you think he's the most beloved? Like, there were, you know, Randy was the most beloved for a long time, and then GSP was so freaking beloved. And, I mean, is Anderson the, the number one? Like, I think John, John Jones is the GOAT. But he's not anywhere near that folk hero, just like people love. Maybe it's the Bushido spirit, the calmness, the 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 generous nature of, of, of always giving back. Anderson's got to be pound for pound number one most beloved, correct? Probably right now. You're right. I lived through an era where it was Randy for a while. I lived through an era where Chuck was that guy for a while. Yeah, yeah. Um, Matt Hughes, even prior to the train wreck. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I, Silva might be out there again because 
Dude, he, 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 everything with the way the UFC ended, and I'm not. We said it before. We're not bagging on UFC when we say this. We'll save our criticisms for UFC when they when they're when they're merited. We'll we'll retract them when they're not. Um, they're just not built to give a guy like that an exit that matches what he can do or should be doing. They're they're built for the other end of the game, and they can't really change that. That's just who they are. So someone else and some other opportunity had to come along for him to to right the ship and. Um, at least as, as much as it can be, and it did, and so you're beginning to see all of these feelings. That will change too, you know. Dude, the memories will fade for on, on Anderson, but right now you're asking like the current sort of stock account. I think he might be number one, dude. I think it's a good point. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, some have said that that that's where I sit right now in in MMA media in terms of just most just just beloved, like just people just cheering for this guy to succeed. You know. All right, uh, from. At Cubby's fan eighty, this is more for UBC. But what's your Mount Rushmore of songs that mean the most to you lyrically? Wow, that's a that's deep, tough. That's a that's a deep cut, Luke. I can't wait yeah. for you to pull up to pull out IP Blood or uh, or. <laughs> I was gonna go with fucking Hostile by Pantera, but we can go other directions. All right, that's a great question because I've I I've always been more of a lyric guy than a. Than a you know grooving guy. That's why you know there was a time Luke and you know where I specifically saw it. I mean I'm a Bob Dylan guy, right? If you're a Bob Dylan guy, then you are into the poetry of lyrics and what what the words of a song can mean to you. Um, all right, my favorite song of all time, Luke, and I can argue it's my favorite song of all time because Dickie Betts's you know three minute solo in the middle is just freaking incredible. But it's Blue Sky by the Allman Brothers, and certainly uh, lyrically. It's it, it's uplifting and, and it's incredible. That's a big one, Luke. Um, um, there's certain songs that have lyrics about uh, about overcoming. That um, walk by the Foo Fighters. You know that one? No, I don't listen to. It was sort of shit. a uh, 2010-ish era one for them. It, it is one of the more inspiring songs of all time. Um, there's an acoustic song that. Uh, that Pearl Jam has that Eddie Vedder wrote that is that is really maybe it's off of that. Hold on, look, you talk. Let me look it up real quick. Yeah, I mean, I don't have. I'd have to really think about this uh, because um, I, I, there's a two songs. They're not even really my favorite songs by any stretch of the imagination, but they kind of resonate a little bit. The first would be "Wood" by Alice in Chains. Obviously, the lead singer for you know the youngins who might be watching, he died tragically, uh, OD'd, and they didn't find him for a long time. And Wood is about his struggle with the resurgence of addiction after long bouts of sobriety. Um, so that's a good one lyrically. Um, uh, I might just... I might throw I might throw Angelus by Elliot Smith in there maybe. Wow, Elliot, um, did, Elliot Smith gets gets dark and deep, Luke. Okay. I might, I might go that I might go that route, but in uh, funner ways too. Like music, to a degree, is supposed to be fun. I'm not supposed to just be heavy, dude. I could list for you any number of bars from all the various rap songs I've heard over the years that I've just gotten so much joy from hearing. You know, I think the hook for me. It, it, do I prefer melancholy music in this category in terms of what lyrics move you the most normally? So, Luke, I'll put "Anna Begins" by the Counting Crows in there without question. One of the just deepest lyrically, just hits the right tones. I've been there. I've been in that failed relationship. I know what that's like. Uh, First Day of My Life by Bright Eyes, Luke. I'm sure you don't get into that indie emo stuff. No, is no. Uh, 
is incredible and certainly has as, as a spiritual connection if you read it that way um in your eyes by peter gabriel is one of i think the most beautifully lyrically written songs of all time also yeah, just these are all sappy you don't have anything kind of like manly just breathe by pearl jam was that acoustic what i mentioned i i mean i think that's eddie vetter's best song he ever wrote i mean i'm not even fooling around i mean look there there you know you get a you get a potential one that just moves you, that you can just, you know, spout tears upon hearing it and the way it hits. Some songs only have that one line. Some songs, it's a whole thing. But you're looking for something manly, Luke. Um, do those manly songs hit me in the same way? Where they oh, how about memorable? this? I'll tell you this. Um, hold on, I'll tell you this. This is one we might share lyrically again. We're not talking about like sort of the whole song and everything else. But lyrically, one song I've really enjoyed, two songs I've enjoyed. For the Drive-By Trucker, Gravity's Gone. I love the lyrics Great of Gravity's song. Gone. Yeah, Luke. Yeah. Um, in fact, I want to pull them up because this one is just, it's, there's a, man, if you've ever been at the bottom of a bottle too many times, too yes. many times, you know, I don't know what to tell you, but let me Are read Are you talking about here. Women Without Whiskey by the Drive-By Truckers? One of their That's best another songs? good one too. That's another good one too. But here's the, here's the, uh, here's the, 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 the chorus. By the way, the opening Gravity. line of that song is, if Hold I make on. it through this year, I think I'm going to put this bottle down. That's yeah. an incredible opening line. Okay? Yeah, yeah. And here, here's the chorus for Gravity's Gone. Quote, so I'll meet you at the bottom if there really is one. They always told me when you hit it, you'll know it. But I've been falling so long, it's like gravity's gone and I'm just yeah. floating. I mean, those, those dude, are all Mike you know, Cooley If you ever heard, I heard that song maybe at like the peak moment of like numbing through alcohol in my life. Yes, yes. And, uh... That one hit like a ton of bricks. Mike know? Cooley, the the uh, the second lead guitarist, wrote all those we just mentioned from the DBT. And obviously, I mentioned before Jason Isbell's Elephant, which is off the Southeastern album that we reviewed for homework that time, is probably the deepest song of all time. I mean, that's just move. You want to get moved? You want to cry during a song? You want to feel the ache even, of someone's pain that you don't even know? You know, hold that's on, dude. What's the other? Hold on. What's the other song by Drive By Truckers? They use it for the car ad. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Lookout Mountain, Lookout yeah. Mountain. Uh, that's There's not Lookout Mountain, but I don't, but I don't think that's the same song. But that is a good song. Lookout Mountain, Drive by Truckers. Is that what the name of the fucking song is? Well, that's that's one of their songs, but I don't think that riff was Lookout Mountain that you did. I can't. Yeah, think it is which uh, song for that sure. Is. That is. I mean, I, I mean, it's not sounding great over Zoom, but like, listen to this. When they, this is one of the the one of the the paragraphs or the the verses from the song. If I throw myself off Lookout Mountain, no more pain my soul to bear, no more worries about paying taxes, what to eat, what to wear, who will end up with my records, who will end up with my tapes, who will pay my credit card bills, who's going to pay for my mistakes? Um, bro, I got to tell you, that's a fucking great, that's just that's just poetry. I don't know what to tell you. You know, yeah. it is great. Yeah. Uh, like a Rolling Stone and Desolation Row by Bob Dylan are in this category, Luke. And also... Uh, do you know that song "Hail Hail" by Pearl Jam? No, I don't. I don't. Listen which has to that, that, that which has that incredible line: um, "Are you woman enough to be my man?" Bandaged hand in hand. Anyone ever have been at the uh, at the bottom of a failing life and failing relationship? And uh, you know that that one stings. That's a stinger. That's a. But also, just you know, I had a lot of good times on music too. Like I'm listening to "The Coffin" now off the cornerstone cornerstone of the corner store album by Vinnie Paz, and it just opens with uh, the four fifth symphony. Lift him, uh, lift you. It'll spin your head around like a rotisserie chicken. I mean, you just have good times with simple bars about killing well, people with a, with, you, a, with a gun. Well, it's funny that you that you called me out and said, you know, is there anything manly? I don't know if you could get that same feeling of the lyrics in a manly hard rock song, Luke. It's kind of, uh, you know. 
I mean, I don't know if I want to encourage people to listen to Elliot Smith and stab themselves in the heart, but it's kind of got to be a, you know, dark counting crows sort of, you know, guilt over decisions that made in my life, depression setting in. Those are the ones that tend to move you the most, right? Yeah. Last thing on this. I, I, I can't. I, I would be. I, I disagree because I would be remiss if I didn't bring up Sean Price, one of the, one of the best MCs in my lifetime ever. And this is just one of my favorite uh, 16 bars he did. Sean Price, boot camp's best. Give me the number two pencil. Watch me take the test. Shake your set. Break your neck. Competitors flee. Who the fuck rhyme better than me? Nobody. Dutch in my ear. O.E. in my palm. I Freddy Krueger your face. Michael Myers your mom's. You're bothering mine. That's what I'm sparking the nine. Pull out the thing. Flang on like clobber in time. Fantastic flow. Connect the concepts. Broke with new kicks. That's my projects. My man's like, Ruck, you ain't teaching the kids. I stuck my hand out and three-pieced his wig. I'm doing my thing. You new to the game. Don't hate, celebrate, Paul, cool in the gang. I don't have a big crew, just Drew and Starang and a couple of loose screw dudes boosting your chain. Bro, that's, this that's is the inspiring. shit that will nod your head for a lifetime. Yeah, that, that, if when I think inspiration, Luke, I, I hear uh, those lyrics in my head, by the way. <laughs> You're hey, a uh, fucking hater. You're such hey, a uh, hater. You have to, you think it can only be mopey white guys talking it, about it their really sadness. It really can. I mean, it really can, Luke. Okay, it really can. By the way, uh, Tupac died 25 years ago today, Luke, okay? So, uh, really? Yeah, you know, he, you know, he could talk about a bitch, but he also could be inspiring, Luke, right? I guess. All right. I mean, from, dear mama, you are. You, in fact, are appreciated, right? Uh, maybe so. From at Jake XX Bird. Merch 2.0 is the shit so far, but can we get some MK rash guards wow, in the, the future? Shit. <laughs> wow, take that, Krupp. Wow, the guy, Merch 2.0 really, really shitting up my inbox lately. Wow, okay. Uh, That's MK not what he rash says. He guard. says it's the shit, not some shit. Oh, I thought he meant the shit as in it sucks. Okay, good. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Um... Luke, I don't know. What would sell more? MK rash guards or MK lifting gloves? Lifting gloves. But they're but you couldn't sell them for the same price point is the difference. Okay. 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 Also, my daughter has returned from the park like Conan the Barbarian with several heads in tow wanting me to see her trophies. Uh, okay. From Jonathan Todarian? I don't know. Who suffers more from I'm an artist syndrome? BC or J? Well, both have the same level of delusion about it. Uh, no, that's not true. J has much more delusion about it. Significantly more, as a matter of fact. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Uh, Pennington James, you mean? Uh, yeah, Pennington James is living on, in his own, on his own island in his own world. But Luke, I think you do have to get a, to a point with Pennington, and we shake our head a lot at, at Producer Jay for rightful reasons. 
there is an unabashed passion to get over, like to get something to click. There, he, he's an he's a struggling artist who's got his brush dipped in a lot of different paint varieties, Luke, and he's just he's just throwing shit at the wall trying to get something over, Luke. I mean, look, the Back to the Future doc, it was pretty good, right? It wasn't bad. No, it was terrible. Uh, <laughs> these Pennington James hits, they're uh they're they're they're, they're something. Um I mean, look, you know, I just understand my art. I don't mean my painting, that's more of healing, but Luke, you know, but one day, Luke, one day people will realize that, you know, I'm I'm not in this for the for the for the hot takes, Luke, okay? Okay? I've been, you know, what we created here is a sitcom. What we created here is a community, Luke. What we created here is is love and peace and joy, okay? This ain't about fights. That that was the that's what got people in the door. Oh, okay. Well, I gotta hear your taut takes on Triller, buddy. No, fuck off. Okay, you're here because it just feels good. And in that and in that regard, I'm your Willy Wonka. All right, brother. You know what I'm saying, Luke? Okay. You know what I'm saying? I, I haven't listened to a word you've said in the last five minutes. Just want you to know that. Okay. okay. I do love you though. Thank all you, right. Augustus Gloop. You'll end up in the Chaka River. Believe that. All right. <laughs> That part I believe, actually. All right, with that in mind, good sir, it's time to watch Elder Abuse, all right? Triller. You know, I might have a few of those this week. Uh, it's we, uh, wow, we're there already, okay. Corey's like, yo, can you guys get out of this topic, please? We gotta go home, okay. Uh, you know what we do? We search the globe for the, uh, the highs and lows, the good, the bad, the in-between, the ugly, all that good stuff. It's called, have you seen this shit? Yes. Oh, God. All right, Luke, uh, from two weeks ago, check this shit out in Invicta FC. Emily Ducati KOs Danielle Taylor to win the Strawweight Championship. Luke, this was some brutal-ish right here. Did you see this shit? This is one of the best KOs of the year, bar none. Stops her dead in the track with a right over the top. And then sits her oh, down. With the, I mean, you got to be Just hung out me. to dry, Luke, right? Like a marionette. And listen, Emily Ducati is someone who I've been following for a long time. She was in Bellator for a while, and I thought she was going to be a champion within a very short order. And listen, she had a couple of bumps in the road, although she's been winning as well. But to me, this fight and what she's been doing in Invicta of late, um, she's really rounded a corner. She is a very talented fighter. This was for a title, by the way. It was a heck of a uh, combination with the punches, and then, and then of course, yeah. she had the free shot with the head kick. And Taylor, wow. Taylor, a UFC vet. Wow. All right, let's go to Cleveland, Luke. We got some leftovers from the Jake Paul, Tyron Woodley card that I haven't made the Have You Seen This Yet? Check out, the, uh, <laughs> check out this fight, Luke, in the crowd. I like to do with the backwards. Dude, this crowd was like a gathering of the Juggalos. Can I mean, we look at this people. up, Corey, please? Look at all these Fortnite players just going at it, Luke. This is great. <laughs> they threw more punches than I think Tyron and Jake combined. Uh, is that Brett Okamoto letting go his hands there? Wow. Dude, Brett, Brett will throw hands with the Juggalos. Don't think he won't. Oh, shit. Now, the kid that got knocked out, he's getting back up. Look at this. He wants a little bit more. Also, I don't understand how this guy on the left is dressed. He's like, I did, it's like a UCLA tie-dye thing. I oh, don't. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, look, that kid's running away in the red shoes. He's, he's had enough. All right, good shit. Dude, a, also, a lot of dudes with uh, skateboards who want to fist fight each other. Luke, we saw some hate in that arena that night. We also saw some love. How about this for a heartwarming moment? Mom versus mom. Mama Woodley and Jake Paul's mom just, just celebrating the fact that neither of their sons were uh, carted off after this one, Luke. Yes, and I got to say, if you've ever met Mama Woodley, she is about as pleasant and uh, 
wonderful a human being as there is. I don't know Jake Paul's mom, but she seems quite nice as well. Would you wear that problem child Cavs jersey that Jake Paul's dad is wearing right there? <laughs> no. No, All right. I wouldn't. All right, let's keep it going. Hey, regional MMA, Luke, anything can happen. This is from FCR9. Check out this KO from Loof Alexander. When it's regional MMA like this and a guy is, like, waving a guy on, I can never tell if he's going to KO or he's going to get KO'd. Usually they get KO'd. He got KO'd from leg drag, too. The head bouncing off the canvas, got a couple extra shots in there. Loof's like, enough of this. Yeah, and look at the guy called him on too. You get called, on, you call somebody on, then they knock you out, Luke. That's a bad look, all right? Yeah, yeah. See, he does it a couple times here, and then the dude. Let's see what he does. Switches stances, and then comes over top. Yeah, with the right. There you go. Hey, Luke, you've been very critical of uh, of uh, what do you call that when you ask somebody to marry you? Propose. Yeah, public proposals set to video. You've been very critical. Here, please give me your take on Miranda Maverick's fiance asking her hand in marriage. Here. Oh, I saw this. I saw this. Can we blow this up, Cor? So he, I think he he fails on the squat on purpose. He's got a weird setup too, by the way. Um, although he's strong as fuck. Let's see. And he, so he drops the weight to the pins right there. And then turns around. Oh, shit. <laughs> I mean, listen. <laughs> Luke, I put you in a tough spot because you love you some Miranda Maverick, okay? I do. I think she's a tremendous talent, and obviously these two are quite happy together. She just I follow her on Instagram. She just moved to Colorado to be with uh, Elevation Fight Team. I wouldn't have done it this way. You guys know my policies, but if she's happy, then that's what matters. So, she said yes. Can we go to the next slide, please? She did say yes. And uh, how about the guy getting two handfuls of that that backside there in that video? Hey, get, hey, shoot, t- you know, take it over. All right, thank you. Let's keep it rolling here. Let's go down <laughs> to Mexico, Luke. Some wild boxing. We got some. We got some fat heavyweights. This is some crazy stuff right here. Overhand. I would overhand, much rather right? watch this than Triller. Oh yeah. Oh my god. Oh, no. <laughs> yes, I would absolutely much rather watch this than tw- than Triller. You ever see that gimmick WWE does in like Brock Lesnar or Mark Henry matches where the ring explodes, Luke? They, that, they got like a balloon underneath that pops it. This is real right here. Are you asking me if I've seen esoteric wrestling events? No, I've not seen esoteric right. wrestling events. Luke, you always clown me for elder abuse, but I, I've started a new... Oh, my God, look at that. I've started so a new bad. segment here where, where elders win. Let's celebrate some elder wins here, Luke. Check out this guy, 89 years old in a mountain bike race. Oh, Jesus Christ. That's good shit. Oh, Luke Craig. Jesus oh. Christ. <laughs> Sorry, Luke. That was actually, I filed that under the wrong header. This should have been under elder abuse. Wow. Hey, great. Hey, great grandpa. Maybe, maybe you should retire from this sport already. Okay. Age is just a number. Dude, can can we get, can we get grandpa a fucking Peloton? Yeah. <laughs> Wow, that is uh, that was over before it started, Luke. Yeah, wow, Luke. That kind of looked like your run atop the MMA uh, hour, right? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, it, it, it dragged out a little longer than this, but yeah. not too dissimilar. Woo! All right, let's do a little tip on tip here, Luke. A couple weeks late on this, but tough winners Ricky Tercios and Brian Battle celebrating Luke by uh, you know just just the tips, just for a second. You into that? We're never doing that, BC. Just so that's okay. clear. Okay. Okay. Well, from, you know, touching tips in effigy to actually touching tips. That's check not, out okay, these karate masters, Luke. What is going on here? 
This is actually how BC and I met the first time. <laughs> Luke, uh, could you describe what what is that like really happening beyond the uh, beyond the dong on dog action? Did that guy cripple the other guy with the strength of his of his? Uh... It's a it's amazing how much of martial arts, which is supposed to be about like oh, in real life situations, you can rely on us for self defense. Yeah, relies on religious mysticism and cult like elevation of authority figures. That old guy though, he might have a he might have a dangerous dong though, Luke. I mean, look how quickly that he just bent that guy backwards with it. What if it's just you ever seen those things? Remember when we were kids, you would put like the ring on and then you would shake someone's hand and it would shock them. Yes, yes. So yeah. you see, he's got a he's got a cock ring with that on. Luke, is that what you're yeah, saying? Yeah, he's got a cock ring that just and you know that just pays itself forward, you know. <laughs> This could actually be an adult movie. We just got tricked into it, Luke. I'm not sure yeah, yet. La- later on, they just took the geese <laughs> off and banged. <laughs> All right, Luke. White people are going to white. And if it involves a roof, we'll put it on this show, Luke. Check this uh, guy out. White I don't know. people love jumping off roofs, bro. <laughs> oh, God. Wow. <laughs> just Dude, he stiffened up like Terry Edom after Edson Barboza hit him with the spin. Yeah, that is. Whew, wow. That is, yeah, that's a bad one. All right, let's head on over to the bar, Luke. I think it was 25 set night, so uh, these two in the corner, Luke, they are, it's their song, and they are getting after it, all right? I can't see it. Can they blow it up? He picked oh, up, he picked his girl up. Oh. oh, boy. Oh, no. Oh, no. There's there's weight, there's weight limits on these rides, Luke. This is not a good look, okay? I mean, like, I can't say that I've never stumbled like this drunkenly in similar situations. Yeah. But... but if you're gonna pick Big Z's up, you better make sure you can carry her, Luke. Don't yeah, you gotta know. You gotta know what you got there. Like if you're with Big Country, you gotta, you know, you Ugh. gotta take some precautions. All right, let's head on over to this house party, Luke. No, this isn't Brendan Shop's dorm room in college, but check this out, Luke. Wow, and look at he gets up like nothing happened. What the fuck? Wow, that's uh. Remember when, like, uh, you'd see on the news, like, man falls off six-story building, but don't worry, he was on PCP, so he lived? This is like, you know, you you drink enough Natty Lights, Luke, you can go through anything and walk away. I just can't believe that he's white. It just seems so out of character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm with you on that. All right. Hey, let's head back over to the roof, Luke. Right? We haven't had enough uh, is of it these another? Oh, it's a white guy. Right, of course. <laughs> right. right. Oh, God. Have a there's drink, a, asshole. There's a bruised sternum, Luke. I, I feel like I, I can't tell if we've had this video before or this same house has produced multiple ones of these, Luke. I think that's what it here, is. Here's the part that I don't understand. Watch him leave the roof and note that jumping did him like he didn't elevate himself whatsoever from jumping. He just went down as if he just would normally go down. <laughs> did you know? Like, look at that. There's no elevation off the roof whatsoever. Yeah. It's a yeah. straight shot. This motherfucker took the hypotenuse of the triangle right into the drink. Right to the xiphoid process, Luke, right? Yeah, okay. Hey, let's go over to the street, Luke. You ever been drunk at night trying to rip down a street sign? I cannot. My attorney tells me to plead the fifth on this one. <laughs> they should have followed the instructions on this sign, Luke. You just stop it already. Oh, God. Oh, God. Stealing signs is a thing that um, American male, typically white teenagers do, and also in their 20s as well. It's sort of seen as like an act of stupid rebellion and kind of fun. Plus, it's always like, oh, I'm going to go. You you missed this part, BC. Like, you would go into someone's dorm room, 
And if they had a stop sign that they had stolen and put it on their wall, or like the favorite one was dumping to get the dumping sign. No and dumping. Put that in yeah. The bathroom. Or, or Route 311 or Route 420. I've yeah, seen yeah. a few of those. That yeah. was a big. That was a big uh, trophy to put in your dorm room. But these two are just. They're actually you really know. hard to get off, Luke. I've tried. They're to get very them. difficult to get off, and these yeah. two are. I mean, we're talking about Darwin Award winners right here. This is great. This is great. All right, hey Luke, let's go over. Uh, you've been offering people to try Showtime for thirty days, and what happens if they don't like it, Luke? They can pound sand. I've seen this. People send it to me. This guy's literally pounding sand. What does this do yeah. for you, Luke? I'm supposed to toughen his knuckles. Okay, that's BKFC's Reggie Bar Barnett Jr. getting ready for his next uh, bare knuckle brawl. Hopefully that works for him. Apparently he didn't like Showtime. Should have watched Billions. Let's go over to this guy, Luke. We got another guy who, uh, unhappy Showtime customer. All right. That's, that's, uh, yep. Keep going, dude. Okay. All right. Hey, we haven't had any weightlifting weirdos in a while besides Miranda Maverick's, uh, fiance, Luke. Check out this, uh, Russian piano lift. Luke, what now this is going to be am weird. I looking at? But please comment on the strength of this guy, because unless there's some, like, you know, magical mystery stuff going on here, this is probably the most impressive thing I've ever seen in my life. Can we go full Dude. screen, please? We got to we gotta take and this And he's going to decline bench this? With a kid with, on top with, of him. Just, well, just I, for... well, I don't understand what that kid is doing. He's smelling the ass of the other man. <laughs> While put go go back go back, he uh, watch the, the every okay he is what now roll it he's just gonna go like sir I'm here to I'm here to smell your ass I just just, like, just go with it sir just can go I with toss it. your salad with syrup or jelly? I'll say this dude for you to bridge like that you have to have incredibly strong legs hips ass muscles low back you know there's got to be a lot going on there to make that work let's go to the next and, and one. you have to have a guy who sniffs another guy's ass on top yeah of absolutely hey luke in this next one these boots were made for lifting and that's just what they'll do oh these guys are trying to get hurt i mean this is just i know this guy from the from instagram he's a good dude but these boys are trying to get hurt man so for uh, bc you won't know this but if you grip the bench press let's see if i can show my hand if you grip it like th this, they get it. Yes, if you grip it with the thumb on the outside, so the bar sits like this, it's called a suicide grip because that shit will slip out and land on you. This is basically like a suicide grip with cowboy boots. Now, is this considered the same as gloves, Luke, or do you give this guy more respect? He certainly is taking more risk. I can put it that way. Okay. Hey, Luke. October second. Celebrity Boxing is going to give us Lamar Odom versus Riddick Bowe. It's also going to give us Paulie Malignaggi against Corey B down there in Miami. And here's uh, the press conference from two weeks ago. Security had to carry Paulie away before he put it on that radio host and TikTok personality. Did he win? The fight hasn't happened yet. October no. 2nd. October 2nd. We got to find a way to ends. not to end that card, though, Luke. We can't see Riddick Bell getting getting hurt like this. We can't. I mean, Lamar Odom's going to put it on him, Luke. Yeah, I don't want to see that. That's fucking. I'd rather just see more, uh, more, uh, you know, Travis's jump off of roofs. Yeah, Luke. I was playing hoops in the driveway with my son yesterday, up to twenty one, and I hit a fadeaway bank shot in his face while calling glass to win. 
21-19. But that's not as ridiculous of a game winner as this shot. Let's blow it up to really get the full effect because this oh. is absolutely ridiculous. From way downtown, Luke, bang. Bro, he won not just with the bounce shot, but he nutmegged him at the same time. That is... That is do you get three points for that, or is that a two-pointer because it hit the, the ground inside the arc, Luke? Fuck if I know. I think it's two, but I don't know. That's incredible. Wow. Well, Luke, we're really here not to clown all old guys. Check out this incredible setup from this old guy on the, uh, on the ghetto soccer pitch. He's got that. Was that the Galatasaray jersey? Oh, shit. Woo! Blow that oh, shit boy, up, look, look, just look, at, look at Kyrie. Bah! The assist. Oh, the celebration is great. I'm sure this guy's a f real fun to hang out with, Luke. I'm I mean, sure. Yeah, but look at, I mean, look at these other fucking math team rejects he's playing against. <laughs> you think I mean, those wind pants have ever been shit in before, Luke? I mean, come on, dude, be he, honest. This is, I mean, these guys left the Quidditch field to come play soccer, so <laughs> old man pianist here, you know. Not, it's impressive, but you know, let's be let's be honest. Two more for you, Luke. Uh, you got to be careful when you're playing Wii Boxing that the kids don't get in the way. I hate showing. Oh, God, that's not good at all. That is not. That should be the sales point for the Oculus Rift. Hey, you can uh, beat the fuck out of your kids. Is that virtual reality, Luke? The reality is you got knocked the f out. Wow. Bah. Yikes. All right, we try not to show too much kid or animal violence on this. We usually just show. <laughs> Old people getting wrecked. Luke, I said Man, to close you. that fuck I wasn't going to show this guy anymore. I said I wouldn't. But, Luke, this is ridiculous. Please, Corey, can you blow this up? This is, this is, this is you every time someone sends you a DM being like, yo, Art. So I, I don't want to give this guy the pub, but, Luke, this is ridiculous. This is BC after looking at a girl at a bar who's a solid three. <laughs> <laughs> whose family roots are in Eastern Europe. Yes, Luke. Yes, you're right. You're right. Everything that... about this micro-penis loser is the worst. <laughs> Luke, he's right. He is rock hard with emotion there. You got to give him that. Wow, Luke. Yeah. I hate I hate him, and I hate that you make me look at him. Yeah. Well, that would be the last time, okay? That would be the last time. Unless he crosses over into running and jumping off of roofs anytime soon. Luke, that's the weird shit and the wacky this week, okay? I hope you saw it. Thank you. Uh, all right, it's time for odds and ends. Real quickly, if I can, BC, I'll go first on this one because it's a little bit of a bigger story. Conor McGregor had a bit of a dust-up yesterday at the VMAs. I believe, which, by the way, was at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, New York. So just for the record, like the Barclays is not a great place for Conor to act in accordance with normal human behavior. But in any case, the reported story, Brian Campbell, is that on the red carpet, I guess Conor McGregor was a presenter at some point, had asked... MGK Machine Gun Kelly for a selfie at which point he was again reportedly rejected and he did this now of course we all know it is true that uh, Conor McGregor wanted to buy the old man in the pub in Ireland a shot the guy refused and Conor punched him in the back of the head so it is in keeping at a bare minimum with the kind of behavior he has exhibited previously BC yeah, what do you make of the whole situation him. Look at Connor in that nice pink jacket throwing a drink at that rapper, Luke. Is he a rapper? That's a I strong word. I, I don't. I don't. Look, I, I don't know. I, I mean, is does the he MTV have hard video bars? Music is Awards that what he does? Still a thing. I mean, this is. Well, first of all, why is Connor there? Look, let, let, let's give a state of the union on Connor. His post leg break Poirier trilogy loss 
has been a a thriller level shit show of like even in his best moments he's riding around on a scooter with his leg up giving like a TED talk on optimism and life and then like a day later giving tweets that look like they're cocaine fueled coming at people's wives and rel- I and mean, this has just been an like this this last stretch since July when he when he lost to like I compared it before in the past, Luke, to like when we look back post breakup, like that year after when you were like really hurt and you called your ex a bunch of times and you talked bad publicly. Like you're like, man, I wish I could take that last year back. I wish I would have just bitten down hard and taken this like a man. Um, they should have kept the social media and all microphones away from Connor. Luke, where is he going right now mentally? Because his stock is just, I mean, it's just every day, it's just going in the wrong direction, Luke. Two things occur to me. One is, I, I, who knows what happened between them, but like you have to ask yourself, what would it... Dude, acting normal in public is not that hard. I mean, I'm not a celebrity. I don't live his life, but I didn't see any other celebrities throwing any drinks at anyone else at this event. <laughs> this was the only one that I saw, and I'm sure... Cele- I mean, think about it this way. Like, LeBron James probably has people waiting on him hand and foot at all times, but like LeBron has never, ever been in trouble. And I don't know what the reason for that is. I'm sure he got, he's gotten lucky a couple times, as all people do, including me and you from time to time in our 20s. But the reality is, like, dude, you don't think people have said fucked up shit to him personally, like when he was out somewhere, tried to test him or, or something. You don't think he's been in a club and some shit went the one way and or it could have gone much worse and he just avoided it? Like, there's a reason why Connor gets in trouble. It's because he, he seeks the shit out, like, more than he should. I'm sure some of it seeks him out, too. Okay, it's not his fault in that sense. But he definitely plays a role in taking a bad circumstance and making it much worse than it needs to be. That's the first thing I would say. The second part I would say here, and by the way, LeBron James, more famous than Connor by a mile. Uh, the second thing I'd say, BC, is, dude, if you're a Connor McGregor fan, you got to ask yourself a question. When was the last time he did anything where you just had a lot of fun? And yeah, I, maybe there was some pre-fight stuff that happened. But like, in the totality of a McGregor experience, can you honestly say people are having fun in the way that they used to, like in the run-up with the first fight with Poirier or with Aldo and the World Tour. Dude, we're so fucking far from that, it seems almost unrecognizable. And I'm not saying his life is easy. He has challenges. While he does have money, he does have other pressures and challenges that I'm sure we have a difficulty comprehending. I get that. But, but at the same time, it's like, dude, just look around at the state of things. Everything feels ugly, dark, boring, and kind of clownish. And it used to seem a little bit clownish, but on the fun side, plus it was backed with all of this grandeur from the stakes being raised and the accomplishments that were happening. There, it's just, it seems like a distant lifetime ago. I mean, his ego is out of, it seems out of control that he has no sense of, like I said, you know, remember when I, I praised him briefly after that third fight, I said like, you know, he's fighting manic. He's fighting like a maniac and that, that might be good to keep alive his career in fights that, you know, he would lose if he fought more cautiously, but he's living life that way now too. You can tell he's, 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 uh, he's on tilt constantly. I mean, it also, it, it is a, it is a close up in a, in a sobering close up to where his brand's at that, you know, machine gun Kelly's just like, nah, brah. Like, you know, you, you could, you could take a walk, dude. Like, I don't need a selfie with you. I don't need to rub brands with you. Um, he needs a big win, Luke. And he's not helping himself at seemingly every single turn since this fight. And I don't mean win in the cage. I mean like a PR win, right? Um, he's in a, he seems to be in a really bad spot, Luke. I'm not here to, to you know, follow up on the commenters on Twitter of all this 
he's it's going to be a bad ending where you know he you know he's going to I don't I don't know how far it is to a bad you know to a quote unquote bad ending but um it seems to to not be in a good spot Luke and maybe it's may you know to to armchair quarterback this for a second the best we can maybe it's having difficulty as we talked about after that third fight against Poirier coming to terms with you know where he's at if you're not that same badass does it become obviously harder to talk yourself into believing you are but do you have an identity outside of the fight game? You know, that's a sobering reality for all people when they are forced to retire from their job. And while he's not at that retirement point, he's at this key part where losses and injuries have piled up. And the the idea of, the, you know, the aura, the you know, the aura used to be enough to kick ass on its own, right? The aura is not even there anymore, Luke. And maybe he's having trouble resurrecting that aura. And also, and, just, just lastly, dude, like, this is not the thing that's front of mind. But if I was healing from an injury that was if not treated properly, potentially the end of a career. Like, if you don't do the things you're supposed to do, this could be a very, very severe injury, right? Like, this is hard to come back from and be at all the same. I wouldn't be engaging in public scuffles where you could get stepped on, trampled is a strong word, but, like, you know, some big fucking dude throws you around. You have a walking cane. Obviously, shit is still fragile. I, I just wouldn't want to be in any situation except a calm, peaceful one to facilitate that. I don't know where his head's at these days, man. I don't know. I still think he's got a big win in him. I still think he should be taken seriously. But this is just, it's just like, dude, what the, like, what the fuck are you doing at this point? I, you know. Anyway, yeah. Your odds and ends. Triller would love him. They could, <laughs> that's a perfect marriage at this point, Luke. Uh, my odds and ends are, can we finally talk about something good in boxing? We might have something. Uh, the, even though the purse bid was uh, delayed, for all things welterweight title, WBO, Terrence Crawford, the unbeaten champion against Sean Porter. Bob Arum of top rank. Luke, I don't know if this was to take the attention off the, the, the bad juju over the whole Oscar Valdez card, but he said Friday night to the media that he feels we're not going to a purse bid. He plans on putting that fight on pay-per-view November 20th in Las Vegas. So that would make me assume that there's been some talks and contact between top rank ESPN and Fox and PBC and Al Heyman for some type of joint pay-per-view. Luke, as much as boxing of late has really irritated me, we do have, get ready, Wilder Fury 3 on October 9th. We've got uh, Anthony Joshua, Alexander Usyk, the, what, the week before that? Mm -hmm. And if we could get Sean Porter, Terrence Crawford, November 20th, it's a good, it's a strong way to end the year. So let's hope that this is all legit and it's going to happen because Terrence Crawford, for as freaking great as he is, and he is, we need to see him against a legit elite welterweight. I hope that Aaron's, Errol Spence is going to bounce back and be the same guy from the, this eye injury. I don't know, but uh, this will take us closer to really finding out who's the best welterweight in the world in this era of post Manny and Floyd. So let's get there. Let's 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 make this happen. So I'm excited. I'm really excited to be honest. That's a great fight. I'm really excited about that. Luke. Should be good. All right. Well, that is it for us today. As you guys know out there, we do this three times a week. We will be back Wednesday, 11 a.m. in the East. We'll react to everything from Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series. We'll lean into some of Friday, or I should say some of the weekend's fights, um, and a whole lot more. By the way, quick note. Be, this is true. The producers are telling me this, BC. So if you want to go get it, now's your chance. Morningcombat.store. Morningcombat.store. BC shirt is almost sold out. There are just a few left. So you have to go to morningcombat.store. And of course, we have the Live 10, L-I-V-E, the number one, the number zero, all together. Live 10, 10% off. 
You got to go get it now. It's not going to help you get laid, but it will make people afraid of you at the bus stop. <laughs> it will. <laughs> it will increase your testosterone instantly or your money back. Thank you, by the way. Thank you to the folks out there for jumping on this keepsake, which will not be around for long. So get it while it lasts. Uh, love all you guys. I know this wasn't your favorite episode probably, but we're in an in-between lull period for MMA. We are back this weekend. Let's keep the chains moving. It was necessary business, Luke. We had to attend to on the boxing side. We're a combat sports show. I'm sorry. It is. It is what it is. Let me, let me just tell folks, I have been an editor at a big MMA site, and you can you can take things where you can just look at the metrics, and you can say, hey, everything that they like, we're just going to focus on that and nothing else. And it turns out if you do that, you'll get a bad product. Yes, we need to pay attention to what the fans care about the most. I understand that. But you have to give them some things that have newsworthy value. Triller was that for this weekend for all the wrong reasons. But you're right. Wednesday, we transition forward. I want to remind folks, by the way, for Saturday's Bellator card, one way to see it, that's going to be on Showtime. You can go to Showtime.com, get a 30-day free trial. If you like it, you can keep it. If not, you can pound sand. You can like this video. You can hit subscribe. We're all over social media. Morning Combat's name is consistent everywhere. It's the same no matter what, but BC and I have slightly different names between Instagram and Twitter. And last but not least, BC, as you know, we now enter, we're still on the end of week one here, but we're entering week two for the NFL. And DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is going to give new customers $200 in free bets instantly. All you got to do is bet $1 on any football game. Uh, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code COMBAT. That's COMBAT with a K to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. Promo code COMBAT this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Also, I want to uh, make an announcement here, Luke. A lot of people are saying, like, I used to love this show, MK. All the things I love about it, where have they been? This Wednesday, two days from now, the return of the Wheel of Death. Oh, shit. I was enjoying its absence, but you know what? It's due, so what can you do? We'll get to that. Uh, all right. I want to thank everyone at Showtime, Malka, CBS Sports, for the King of Connecticut. That's Brian Campbell. I'm Luke Thomas. See you on Wednesday, and until then, may all of your gains be loyal.